Chapter 2 of Conceptions of Divine Love. This is a LibriVox recording. All LibriVox recordings are in the public domain. For more information or to volunteer, please visit LibriVox.org. Recording by Anne Boulay. Conceptions of Divine Love by St. Teresa of Avila. Translated by the Reverend John Dalton. Chapter 2. She mentions nine kinds of false peace, imperfect love, and deceitful prayer. May God deliver you from many kinds of peace which worldlings have. God grant we may never experience them, for they raise a perpetual war. There is one peace, when a worldly man goes on very quietly, plunged in great sins, and yet so secure in his vices, that his conscience does not trouble him in anything. This peace you have already heard, that he and the devil are friends, and that as long as he lives he will not make war upon him, because in order to avoid such a war, and not for the love of God, they would return a little to our Lord and correct themselves. But those who act in this manner will never continue long in his service, and the devil, knowing this, continues to give them pleasure, and they return again to his friendship, till he makes them understand how false their peace was. Of these I have no occasion to speak. Let them enjoy their quiet. I trust in God so great an evil will not be found amongst us. The devil may also begin to attack us in little things, by another kind of peace. And thus, my daughters, whilst we live we must always fear ourselves. When a religious begins to grow relaxed in some things, which in themselves seem small, and if she continue in this state a long time, and find no remorse of conscience, this is a false peace, and thereby the devil makes her very bad such as breaking any rule of the constitution in itself perhaps no sin and carelessness in performing what our superior commands us though this may be done without malice still he in reality holds the place of god and it is good always to obey him since it is for this purpose we have come here and we should continually notice what is his will in any other little matters which happen and though in themselves they may seem to be no sins yet they are imperfections and will infallibly happen, because we are women. I do not deny it, but what I mean to say is, that they are sorry for them, when they commit them, and know they have done wrong. For otherwise, as I was saying, the devil may be glad of it, and by little and little he may go on making a soul insensible. Regarding these small matters, I tell you, daughters, that when the devil shall be able to attain his end, he has gained a great deal." and because I am afraid to proceed further, therefore take great care, for the love of God, since there must be a war in this life. For among so many enemies, it is not possible for us to stand with our hands across. But we must be continually on our guard, and observe how we proceed both in our interior and exterior. I also tell you, that though in prayer our Lord may confer favors upon you, Yet when you are not engaged in it, there will come a thousand stumbling blocks and little occasions. As for instance, breaking this rule through negligence, not observing another, besides internal troubles and temptations. I do not say that this war is always to continue, or that it is very common, nor yet that troubles and temptations must never happen, for sometimes they are rather great favors of God, and thus the soul improves. In this world it is not possible to become angels, for this is not our nature. The truth is, I am not troubled when I see a soul in very great temptations, because if she have a love and fear of our Lord, she will gain a great deal, this I know. 
but if i see any persons always going on quiet and without any kind of war for i have met with some who though i did not see them offend our lord always kept me in fear i am never secure of them and therefore i do often prove and try them all i can since the devil does not and that so they may see what they are i have indeed met with few such but it is possible that our lord having raised a soul to a high degree of contemplation one may acquire this method of proceeding and possess a certain internal joy still for my part i consider that they know it not and having examined the subject i perceive that sometimes they have little combats also but these are more rare yet so it is that i do not envy these souls for i have seriously considered the case i see that they advance much further who sustain the combat i have mentioned and have as sublime prayer in matters of perfection as we are able to conceive in this world let us now leave those souls who are so much improved and mortified after having endured this for many years that they find themselves as it were dead to the world the rest are commonly accustomed to enjoy peace yet not in such a way as not to perceive the faults they commit and be very sorry for them hence you see daughters that god conducts us in many ways but i am always fearful for you as i said when you have no remorse for a fault which you commit since even for a venial sin i think you would be grieved to the heart as thanks be to god i believe you now feel one thing observe and remember for my sake if when a person is alive you prick her even very slightly with a needle does she not feel it or with a thorn however small it may be does it not pain her now if the soul be not dead but have a strong love of god is it not a great grace for her to feel grieved for so little a thing she does which is not in accordance with our professions and obligations oh what an honor it is for a soul to whom god gives this solicitude to make a bed of roses and flowers for his divine majesty it is quite impossible he should refuse to come and regal himself with her even though late o oh god though we have left the world what are we doing in a monastery wherefore came we here in what can we employ ourselves better than making in our souls lodgings for our spouse since we take him for such when we make our profession let scrupulous persons understand me for i do not speak of a fault committed once or of faults that cannot be known nor always perceived but i speak of one who commits them very frequently without making any account of them esteeming them as nothing experiencing no remorse of conscience nor endeavoring to correct them i say again that this is a dangerous peace and beware of it what then will become of those who give way to frequent relaxations of their rule god grant there may be none such the devil may however introduce the evil in many ways since god permits it on account of our sins but there is no necessity to speak of it here i thought it useful to say a little in order to put you on your guard against it let us now pass on to the peace and friendship which god begins to show us in prayer on which i shall say what his majesty may give me to understand but i thought fit to speak a little to you at first of the peace which the world gives and our own sensuality affords us though what i may explain is in many respects better explained by others who have written on the subject yet being poor you may perhaps want money to purchase the books and you may find no one to bestow an alms upon you but what i say is kept in the monastery and you can all see it together 
A person may be deceived many ways, in the peace which the world gives. I will mention some of these ways, that we may bewail our misery exceedingly, who, through our own fault, do not arrive at an intimate, but are content with a slight friendship with God. O oh Lord, would that we did not thus content ourselves, but remember the reward is great and without end, and that having already arrived at this great familiarity, God even here below bestows this happiness upon us and many tarry at the foot of the mountain, who might ascend to the top. In other things which I have written for you, I have often told you this, and now I repeat it again, and beseech you that our thoughts may always be courageous, for hereby it may happen God will give you grace, that your affections may be likewise. Believe me, this is very important. There are then some persons who have obtained the friendship of the Lord, for they make a good confession of their sins, and repent of them. But scarcely have two days passed by, before they return to them again. Now you may be sure, this is not the peace and friendship which the spouse desires. Daughters, always endeavor not to be going every time to your confessor, to acquaint him with the same fault. It is true we cannot be without them, but at least let them be changed, that they may not take root for then they will be eradicated with more difficulty, and it may even happen that from them may spring many other roots. If we water every day a plant or shrub that we have set, it will grow so large that we shall afterwards require a spade and mattock to dig it up. And so it seems to me, it is the same thing when we daily commit the same fault, however little it may be, if we do not correct it. But if it should be allowed to grow only one or ten days, and then be rooted up immediately, all will be easy. This amendment you must beg of our Lord in prayer, for of ourselves we can do little. We should rather add to our former entreaties, and in that dreadful judgment at the hour of death, they will help us, and those especially whom the judge chose in this life for his spouses. O oh, great condescension of God, which excites and induces us to walk on with diligence! Strive to please this Lord our King, but how ill do those persons repay his friendship, who so soon again become his mortal enemies? Great indeed is the mercy of God. What friend shall we find so patient? When a breach happens even for once between two friends, it is never forgotten, and never are they such friends again as they were before. But how many times do we violate our friendship with God? How many years does he wait for us in this manner? Blessed be thou, O my Lord, who waitest for us with such great compassion, that you seem to forget your own greatness, in order not to punish so perfidious a treason as ours. This appears a dangerous state to me, for though the mercy of God be such as we see it is, yet we often observe that many die without confession. May God in his mercy deliver you from so dreadful a fate. There is another peace and friendship of the world less evil than this, viz., that of persons who are careful not to offend God mortally. But these people keep themselves from mortal sins, yet, I think, from time to time they sin almost mortally, for they take no care to guard against venial sins, though they commit many in the day, and thus they come very near to mortal sin. Do you scruple at this, they say? And many speak thus, for I have heard them. This holy water is sufficient, and so are the remedies which our mother, the church, uses. Oh, how are these words to be deplored? For God's sake, daughters, use great caution here, so as never to become careless about committing a venial sin, however small it may be. 
under the pretext of such a remedy. For it is very important always to have so clean a conscience, that nothing may hinder you from praying to our Lord, to grant you that perfect friendship which the spouse desires. But this is not what I have mentioned, for that is a very suspicious friendship on many grounds, because it tends to pleasures which disturb the soul, and disposes us to great tepidity. Nor do such persons know well whether they commit a venial or a mortal sin. May God deliver you from this. For because they imagine they are not under the guilt of great sins, as they see others are, they continue in this false peace. It is not likewise a sign of perfect humility to judge our neighbors to be worse than ourselves, since it may be that they are much better, because they bewail their sins, and this sometimes with great sorrow, and perhaps with more firm resolutions than we do. And besides, many even go further, so as never to offend God afterwards, either in great or little things. But these others, thinking they do not commit a grievous offense, give greater scope to their delights, and taking care that their vocal prayers should, for the most part, be properly said, they are not carried to any higher degrees. There is another kind of peace and friendship which our Lord bestows on some persons, who, though they would not absolutely offend Him in anything, yet do not so carefully avoid the occasions of sin. Now, though these individuals often observe their appointed times for prayer, and our Lord gives them tears and tenderness, still they do not wish to give up the pleasures of this life, but prefer to have an easy and delightful life, for they think that this quiet suits them well for living at their ease. This life carries with it many changes, and it will be very difficult for such as these to persevere in virtue, for as they do not withdraw themselves from the delights of the world, they will soon become relaxed in the way of our Lord, because there are powerful enemies to turn us aside from it. This, daughters, is not the friendship our spouse wishes, nor do you desire it, but always keep yourselves even from the least occasion, however small, if you wish your soul to advance in perfection, and to live with security. I know not why I mention these things, except that you may understand the dangers to which you expose yourselves, by not resolutely quitting the pleasures of the world, in order to avoid many faults and many troubles. But there are so many ways by which our Lord begins to enter into friendship with souls, that it seems to me it would be endless to mention those I have known, though I am a woman. What then may not confessors tell us, and those persons who more particularly converse with such souls? Some of them quite astonish me, because nothing seems to them to be wanting for being the friends of God. I will give you some account of one individual especially, with whom I conversed not long ago very familiarly. She was a person who loved to communicate very frequently, and never did she speak ill of any one. She had tenderness, and lived in continual solitude, for she dwelt in a house by herself. She was of such a sweet disposition, that nothing could make her angry, which was a very great perfection. She uttered no unbecoming language, had never been married, neither was she now of an age to marry, and besides she had suffered great afflictions, with her usual peace and tranquillity. When I noticed these good qualities, I thought they were signs of a soul far advanced, and of very high prayer. At first I esteemed her exceedingly, because I saw she committed no offense against God, and I heard from others also, that she was careful not to commit any. But when I conversed a little more with her, I began to perceive that all went on well with her, till her interest or self-love were touched. Then her conscience was not so tender, but gross enough. 
for I discovered that though she suffered all things that were said to her with patience, yet she still adhered to points of honor or esteem, being thus immersed in this misery which held her captive. She was also so much addicted to listening and inquiring after what was said and done in the world, that I wondered how such a person could continue one hour alone. She was likewise very fond of her own ease. All her actions she gilded over and excused from sin. And according to the reasons she gave, I thought people would have wronged her in some things, had they judged otherwise. But in other matters, as the case was evident, they could not well understand her proceedings. She quite captivated me, and almost every one considered her to be a saint. But I afterwards saw that, respecting the persecutions which she mentioned as having suffered, she ought not to have represented herself as being free from all blame. And I did not envy her way of living, nor her sanctity. She and two more whom I have seen in my life, who were saints in their own opinion, have terrified me more than all the sinners I ever saw. Beseech our Lord to give us light, and daughters, praise Him exceedingly who has brought you to these monasteries, where, however so much the devil labors, he cannot delude you in the same way that he does those who live in their own houses. There are souls who seem to want nothing for soaring to heaven itself, since in their own opinion they attain perfection in everything, but no one can understand them, because in monasteries I have never failed to understand them, since they cannot do there what they like, but only what they are commanded. And though in a secular life they might sincerely desire to understand themselves, because they are desirous of pleasing God, yet they cannot, because in whatever they do they follow their own will. Or if sometimes they deny themselves, still they are not much accustomed to such mortification. Some persons, however, are to be accepted, to whom for many years our Lord has given light, to enable them to find one who can understand them, and whom they can obey, and whose great humility carries with it little self-confidence. And though they may be more learned, yet do they resign themselves to another's judgment. Others there are who have left all for our Lord, having neither house nor estate nor any desire for pleasures, for they are penitents nor for the things of the world, since our Lord has already enlightened them to know how miserable they are. But yet they place a great value on reputation, and do nothing which is not very pleasing to men, as well as to God. What great discretion and prudence! These two qualities but ill agree together. And the misfortune is, that without perceiving their own weakness, they prize their own character with the world, almost more than their friendship with God. These souls are generally affected with the least thing which is spoken about them. Though it may be true, it disturbs them. They do not carry their cross, but drag it along the ground. And thus it burdens them, and wearies them, and torments them exceedingly. For if the cross be loved, it is carried with delight. This is certain. This then is not the friendship which the spouse expects. And therefore, my daughters, since you have taken the vow I mentioned in the beginning, be very careful you dwell not in the world. Everything is only a torment to you. If you have forsaken more than others, forsake the world also, its amusements, its pleasures and riches, all of which, though false, do yet please some men. What do you fear? Know that you do not well understand the matter, since for obtaining one favor which by a word the world can bestow upon you, you must first load yourselves with a thousand cares and obligations, of which cares there is such abundance, if we desire to please worldlings, 
that to avoid being tedious it would be out of place here and indeed quite impossible to mention them there are other souls and with these i conclude in whom if you observe them you will find certain signs by which it is manifest that they begin to advance and yet they stop in the midst of their course though these neither care for the words of men nor for their own reputation yet they are not accustomed to mortification and to the denial of their own will and hence it seems the world has not departed from their body and even though they seem prepared to suffer all things and already to be saints yet in important matters concerning the honor of our lord they look to their own honor and neglect that of god they do not perceive this fault nor imagine that they now fear the world but only god still they fear what may happen and that a good work might be the beginning of some great evil which it seems the devil suggests to them they prophesy a thousand years beforehand what is to come these are not the souls to imitate the act of st peter and cast themselves into the sea or what many other saints have done to risk their rest and their very lives for the good of souls they wish by a quiet way to attract souls to god but not to expose themselves to danger nor does faith affect much in them because they always follow their own resolutions one thing i have observed viz that out of religion we see but few in the world who trust in god for their support i know but two persons who have such a confidence but in religion they already know they will want for nothing though i believe that whoever enters into it sincerely for god's sake only will not so much as think of this but how many are their daughters who would not abandon what they have were it not for the security they have in religion and because on other occasions where i have given you directions i have spoken at length of these pusillanimous souls and shown what harm they receive thereby and what immense good they derive by having at least great desires when noble deeds cannot be done i shall say here nothing more about them since then our lord raises them to so high a state let them serve him therein and shut themselves up in a corner for though they be religious if they cannot otherwise benefit their neighbors especially women yet by heroic resolutions and ardent desires of helping souls their prayers will have great power and either in their lifetime or after their death our lord perhaps will be pleased to make them instrumental in doing good just as he is doing now with regard to our holy brother diego who was a layman and knew nothing but to serve yet god revives his memory so many years after his death in order that he may be an example to us by which we shall be excited to praise his majesty as then my daughters our lord has raised you to this state you want but little towards obtaining that peace and friendship which the spouse desires cease not to implore it with continual tears and fervent desires do all you can on your part to induce him to give it to you though it is evident that this state is not the peace and friendship which the spouse asks still our lord confers a great favor on those whom he raises to this degree because it is bestowed only after they have practiced prayer penance humility and many other virtues may our lord be blessed for ever who bestows all these upon us amen End of chapter two